Top of the day, everyone. We're back with Hot Garbage, True Crime Edition. We are on episode 15, and I'm your host, Nisha B, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Who the badass. Can you believe we're on episode 15? That's crazy. Girl, you start every episode saying that. Can you believe we're on episode 14? Can you believe we're on episode yeah, 13? Yeah, because I didn't even, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just so wonderful, isn't it? Girl, when we get to episode 55, I believe, I believe it. I know. We got to do something, like, really special for, like, episode, like, 50 or something. Mm-hmm. This is great. So, Give something out to a fan. Yeah. So, do you remember, like, you remember everything where we left off at? Because we're talking about John Bonet Ramsey. And part two of this case is going to be, you know, really information filled and stuff like that. So, I figured we'll get right into it. Okay. But where we left off was <clears throat> they have found her body downstairs, you know, at, in the basement. They At this point, they have brought her upstairs. Um, and the weird thing is, is that remember John was trying to book like a business trip and the police was like, well, you can't leave right now, you know? So it was a lot of like suspicious stuff. That he went to Atlanta. Of, yeah, to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So he didn't go to Atlanta. They did the autopsy already. Um, <clears throat> and so at this point they end up, they do end up going to Atlanta, but they moved to Atlanta. So after the, yeah, after the autopsy and everything is done, they end up, um, John, Patsy and, Burke, the oldest son, ended up moving to Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, and so that was one thing, and they have, at this point, they're not talking to the police, they have a PR, and they have a lawyer, and everything like that, so we're still kind of trying to figure out what happened to John Bidet. They geared up. Yes, so we're going to pick up kind of where we left off, and I do want to clarify something, because last week we were talking about what John's, uh, what his um, job was, because, and so I was like, I said he would work in sales, and I need to clarify and go more into detail. He was actually the president and CEO of a computer service services company. It was called SS Graphics. So at the time, it was like a subsidy of like Lockheed Martin, and that was sold to GE. So that's what he did. Girl, so that's way different. I was like, I don't know where I got sales <laughs> like, from. I was like, like what yeah, the? Yeah, you just yeah. think somebody make money, they have sales. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> they selling stuff. Right. Now, I did see he was worth $6.4 million in 1996. So as much money as that is, they all imagine what that was in 1996. Man. He, so was, he was doing yeah. all right with his thing. They were doing good. And so, yeah, I did want to clarify that because I was like, it, it bothered me because I was like, um, wait. He worked in, I think it was sales. And I was like, I got to go back and fix that. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm glad that you did. Yeah, that was completely different. He was a CEO. So I got to give him his, like, roses. I said he Man, was a sales guy. Yes. He was a CEO. He was making his guapa okay. and starting a business. Now, like I said, the Ramses did move to ATL after the murder. Now, a lot of stuff happened in August of 1998. Because remember, the murder happened in 1996. So 1998, they're still, you know, trying to figure out what happened. They're still uh, investigating this murder. Now, a lot of stuff went down. So Detective Steve Thomas ended up resigning from the police department because he didn't like the way the case was handled. So he ended up writing a letter to the Boulder Police Department stating that he chose to leave because the DA's office continues to mishandle this Ramsey case. He said that him and four other detectives was given this case for a year and a half. They did the investigation. They worked day and night. They, you know, they did everything they could to try to, you know, get evidence and stuff like that because they was really trying to solve the case. He (coughs) said that on June 1st and June 2nd, him and those other detectives gave a formal presentation of 30,000 pages to the DA's office. 
they were advised by the DA's office that they, and but they was advised by the DA's office that they wouldn't be able to participate as the grand jury advisory witnesses. So these are the people that worked on this case, but they was told that when this was brought to the grand jury, they wouldn't be able to be witnesses. Is that something that the lawyers worked out? That's a yeah. good lawyer. Yeah, right this was something the DA case said. And I, and I want to take this time to kind of go over the difference between a grand jury witness and what the, I mean, grand jury and a petite jury. So the grand jury, so as we know, the petite jury are the 12 people that, let's say, a defendant stand in front of, and they determine if they're guilty or innocent. Those are the petite juries. <clears throat> now, grand jury, the defendant will never see them. The grand jury are the people that's picked to go over all the evidence and see if there's even a case in the first place to even bring you, you know, to even indict you on any kind of murder charges or whatever it is you're charged with. So that's, and you'll never stand in front as a defendant. You'll never stand again before the grand jury. This is something that's all done behind closed doors. So this is typically what happens. The detectives get everything together. They present it to the DA's office. And then the DA decides if they want to pick the case up because the grand jury will say. But movies always say stuff like, before the grand jury. So that ain't the grand jury that's there. It's not like, you know, like four more people that's there. No, the petite. So the petite jury is what we go up against if we're ever defended. So when we're in the courtroom. Which you go up against. I don't well, be in court I, like that. I don't right be in court like that. You don't just over do here that. Ready, like, we go up against. <laughs> you get in there, petite jury. You're so small. I can tell you ready to take them down. Because they the ones. They the ones right there, but they ain't even the ones. Yeah. The other ones is the grand jury. Yeah. You about to put me up on to what's yeah. about to happen with this grand jury. And they, are they watching like in a, in a peephole through the back room or no. a secret camera or something <laughs> like that? And they yeah. just stare at the case as y'all doing it and just be thinking to themselves while they eating coffee looking like evil villains? Well, no. Like, well, what it is is so, and, oh, that's the major difference too. The petite jury is always 12 people. The grand jury can be 18 to 23 people. Uh-huh. So basically... They look at all the evidence, and as, as the detective said, they presented 30,000 pages of what they found <clears throat> to the grand jury in the DA's office. They look through all that, and they say, okay, there's enough evidence here to bring this to trial, so go ahead and indict these people, or we don't think that there's enough evidence here to bring this to trial, so we're not even going to waste taxpayers' money. That's what the grand jury does. Okay. So you go through a grand jury before you even go through the regular jury. So I wanted to clarify that so that people can know, like, when I'm talking about these things, you know. Now, at this point, the detectives have given this 30,000 page, you know, report to the DA's office. But they were advised by the DA's office that they could not participate as the grand jury advisory witnesses. So the detectives wanted to be witnesses, you know, for the grand jury. And the DA's office was like, no, you guys can't even be there. But they're the ones that got the report together, you know. I mean, that's what I was like. What are the... The other, the opposing lawyers must have gotten that pushed through, and I wonder what the lawyer. reasoning was. Oh, well, that's the whole thing. There's gonna be a lot of questions behind this, and this is why the one of the detectives quit because there's so many questions. Yeah, that's now, a lot of questions. Now, the DA's office said that they absolutely would not pick up the case. They said, despite this thirty thousand pages of evidence. There's not enough to pick it up. And it was never said, like, what this evidence was. This evidence never saw the light of day. But, you know what I mean? It makes me, like, wonder some stuff. But Wow. Wow. It is. Now, even the FBI tried to bring up evidence, and it was dismissed by the DA's office. There was police reports, physical evidence, investigation report. And basically, the weird thing is all these reports were shared with the Ramsey attorneys as well. And so that's unheard of, you know what I mean? They're so basically, I mean, the killer must be like the senator's son or something like <laughs> on some spawn shit. Right. <clears throat> 
Now, there was also witnesses that this detective was told he was not allowed to speak to. There was evidence that sat in laboratories for months that was never tested. He even stated that if this was a poor family with a public defender, this would not have happened that way. Somebody would have been, you know, brought forward. All this stuff wouldn't even happen because there was times the detectives were even asked to, if they could have search warrants. And they was like, why don't you just ask the Ramses, you know, to turn it over or something, you know? So, they, yeah, they wouldn't even give them search warrants for some of this stuff. So this is why everybody was like really frustrated about how. What? Yeah, they was like, just ask them. I've never heard of that before. Like, oh, just go ask them. And 24 people? Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as you convinced that... Well, no, no, no. So, so the grand jury, and this is, what's, is, this is what's even more interesting. The grand jury, based on this 30,000-page report, they had said that they wanted to indict them. They said the Ramses. They said there was enough evidence there to indict the Ramses on child endangerment and, let's see, I think it was, yeah, child endangerment. So, uh, basically, they said that there was probable cause. They said it was two cases each. They wanted to indict John and Patsy on child abuse resulting in death and accessory to a crime. That's what the grand jury wanted to indict them on. But, however, the DA would not sign off on this indictment. And this is the first... You can't veto that? I mean, when 24 people... uh, You said up to 24 people... It's up to 24... Up to 23 people. Up to 23 people Mm -hmm. are saying they feel that this is something that needs to be placed into a court situation. Mm -hmm. And whoever it is that may even be paid off, this single person, Mm -hmm. says yes or no, can't we take a vote and then veto his vote? Like, nope, you can't just tell these people no. Right, well, because at this point, so the the (coughs) jury will give their recommendation, but at this point, it's still the DA's, um, you know, choice on if they still want to pick it up or not. Now, most of the time it was said the DA never goes against the grand jury. Every time the grand jury says indict, they go ahead and indict. In this case, the DA was like, no, there's still not enough evidence. I'm not picking this case up. That's so weird. That, yeah. That's why I was like, this is really weird. Like, did anything ever happen to the DA? Did he ever get investigated? Well, not that I know of. What the fuck? <laughs> not that I know of that the DA did not. You know what I mean? Get a, it, this whole thing is just weird. I mean, it's, it's it smells of cover-up, you know? You like uh, it. I see the, the sparkle in your eye. <laughs> These are well, what people hold to when they say conspiracy. Well, yeah, there was this whole thing where it's like, because... A lot of these things, it's like, okay, the DA says beyond a reasonable doubt. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, there was enough evidence. So no one knew why the DA was like, okay, we're not going to indict. They just absolutely would not indict the Ramses. So that's what it was, you know? Well, the DA wouldn't. Now, this is the crazy thing, too. Remember I said I was going to talk about the last thing John, John Bidet Ramsey ate before she passed away. So, at the crime scene, there was a bowl of fresh cut-up pineapples on the kitchen table. The bowl, it was also, it was a bowl and a spoon. This bowl had Bert's fingerprints, which is the the oldest brother, the nine-year-old, and Patsy's fingerprints, the mom. It didn't have John Bonet's on there. Now, John and Patsy both said they never put the pineapple there. They said Bert never ate any pineapple. Bert said he didn't remember, but he didn't have no pineapple, and he said he was asleep the whole night. So it's like, okay, somebody put this pineapple there, but nobody's saying that they did the pineapple. So now are we saying that the person that came in the house made themselves a snack too? But nobody else's fingerprints is on there except for Burks and Patsy's. That was weird. Huh. So it's like somebody, yeah, somebody made a bowl of pineapple. Somebody was eating pineapple. And autopsy shows that in John Bonet Ramsey's system, there was pineapple in her system. 
So some so somebody was eating pineapple and fed her some pineapple. So that's why everybody was like, well, did the person that kidnapped her make themselves a snack and then give her some pineapple to eat? That's that's weird. But yeah, it's such a small detail, but yet nobody it wants is a to... detail. It's almost it's almost like it could be a, even a timeline in the sense of digestion yeah. of when did she then die mm-hmm. if there's still pineapple that's undigested. Mm-hmm. And that and that may be why nobody wants to say, but hey, I had the pineapple because it's like, then who gave her the pineapple then? Then that means you saw her right before she died. Right. Damn. That's crazy. That opens up a whole can of rabbit. That, what, is, what is it, a rabbit hole just based on some pineapple? I mean, it's just, it is the timeline span in which it can be solidified in which yeah. she did die. That, so that means that she, it is guaranteed that she died in that house. Mm-hmm. She did, when she ate that pineapple, it wasn't, it had to be within, I think it's 30 minutes? Something like that, yeah. Where because it wasn't just digested for yeah. yeah, so that's the crazy thing, that's the last thing. So that may be why everybody's like, nope, I've never had any pineapple. Right. There was also an empty glass of iced tea sitting next and to the bottle. And conveniently, they can't be tested because they're out the country, the state now. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, they're out of the state. Like, this stuff was, like, so blatant <laughs> with just not... I'm not going to say that they yeah. did something to the child, but they, it sounds like they are aware of somebody who did something to the child, but I still don't see the motive and why, you know, someone, the family would be down with it unless they, like, owe some money to somebody. Well, we're yeah, we're going to get into the, the theories because the theories get even wilder. Okay, well, let's go. Let's <laughs> well, go. <clears throat> but just say so there was an empty glass of iced tea next to the bowl now this only had burke's fingerprints uh-huh. so theoretically that would mean that burke ate pineapple and drank iced tea but i don't know you know we're everything we're saying is going to be you know um we're just thinking and we're not necessarily accusing anyone because he already sued a tv station for saying that he murdered his sister we're not saying you did it <laughs> we're not right <laughs> Who said that he made a Burke, when he got grown. Because when we go into everything, we're, we're going to go into everything. But I want everybody to know that we're not accusing everybody. I'm just laying out the facts of what's being said. So, yeah. Yeah, don't sue us. Yeah, don't, don't sue try us. It. You ain't going to get nothing from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a rental car. <laughs> but, so, don't sue us. Right. Now, Burke, when he grew up, he did an interview in 2016 with Dr. Phil. And remember, they said he was asleep the whole night. But at that point, he admitted on Dr. Phil that he did wake up a little bit that night because he said that he had gotten a toy for Christmas. It was like a train set and he wanted to put it together. He said he woke up after everyone had gone to bed and he, you know, with Delceris, put his train track together. But he was like, during all this time, he was like sleep. So he said real quick, he had went downstairs and put his train set together. So he said that he once put he put together a train set It was in like his a train. Sleep? No, not in his sleep. He said that he woke up in the middle of the night and, and he was so excited. Yeah, he was so excited about his new toy he got for Christmas. He went downstairs and he did put together his train set. That's what he told Dr. Phil. But he said during all this time, when all this stuff happened with John Bonet, he had went back to sleep, so he was asleep. So I was like, I don't know. I've never had a train I, set, but this, how? I have had a train set. And that takes a long ass time. I would not say a long ass <laughs> don't time. Don't it? I, I mean, depending on <laughs> some of the I train sets say, I see. Yeah, I will say cause it is a venture of between 15 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Depending on the train set. It could take, it could take up to an hour, but if it is a really in depth one, 
I've seen train sets going all through towns and shit. Like, yeah, I don't it know. It depends on how far if they put it in depth. But the average train set that they give a kid is going to take about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe <laughs> at the most. It's 45 if you don't know how to do it. But if they do, then it's not as formidable as you think. Huh, so then, so there is a possibility. Maybe it only took him 15 minutes to heat it. But then at the same time, though, he went back to bed. Because what's the point of putting it together? You're going to play with it for a little while, right? I so can, I don't yeah, know. I can't. Or did you just put it together so it could be ready for you in the morning? I don't know. And then you went yes, back to bed. I can see. I mean, I can. I, I'll give him that because he seems like he's in a household that is that does have rules. Yeah, like your household is very yeah. straight. Yeah, my very yours strict. is very strict versus mine, and my, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I I go by that rule of I'll just go ahead and do the routine we were supposed to do, and you'll have to face your consequences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do that even mm-hmm. to my even to my six year old. I don't know if that's. I feel like that to me. I feel like that teaches them themselves that I'm not just punishing you. It's not me standing over you with a belt. Mm-hmm. I am letting you punish yourself by right. the, by your actions and deed. And you need to learn that in, in adulthood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is you can't blame somebody else. You can't be like, oh, my dad was bad, or oh, this guy beat me up, or oh, this white kid picked on me, or oh, this black kid picked on me, and so I'm acting this way. Right, so right. I, I teach my kids that whatever you do is because of what you did. Yeah, you did this and put yourself in this situation. Mm-hmm. Some stuff now. Don't get me wrong. There are accidents, and that definitely does happen. Yeah, and there are people that are crazy, and that definitely does happen. Mm-hmm. And I got your back on that, one hundred and twenty nine percent. But I'm saying is, if you say something like, "Oh, my PG and E's do, and my bills is due, or my smudges do, or my car notes do," and I got repossessed, I'm definitely going to be there to hug you. But don't think I'm gonna just get that stuff out. Right, right. Because yeah. I get it. They have to like learn like responsibility, right? In a sense, yeah. That's what happens is your stuff gets repossessed, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna make sure that they don't get put on your credit and all the stuff. And I'm gonna be there for you to pay off whatever balance. Yeah. But you lost. You lost your car, man. Mm-hmm. That happens. That happens to everybody. Yeah. You know that's just the reality of your consequence. So in saying that, the long story is, he's in the house. They have rules, kind of like like yours. Yeah. And very strict and stringent. So I don't think he would want to turn a train on. Right, yeah. You know, it's kind of yeah. loud. Yeah. It's going. It's not going to be fast. It's yeah. going to be loud and clanking. Mm-hmm. You know, so he just wanted to kind of see it, kind of touch it. And I can believe he did that and set it up and put it in, and went to the room. Now, now the other thing that was weird was there was also a flashlight that was found on the Ramsey's counter that, mm-hmm. that morning that they found the body. Now, the flashlight was sent to evidence and there was no fingerprints found on it. John Ramsey said that they never used the flashlight at all, that the intruder must have brought it in. <clears throat> but the weird thing is when they took it off for evidence, you know, it was all like gray and dusty and stuff like that. Cause you know, they put all that fingerprint dust on it. So they showed it to them in the baggie, like after they had already did all that. And Patsy and John was like, no, that's not our flashlight. And then they said, well, we have a flashlight, but ours is black and shiny and new. And you know, it's in the drawer. Like, but the flashlight, they found that there was no flashlight in the drawer. So that was the flashlight. It came out later that that was the flashlight. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, well, who put that on the the drawer? Like, who put that on the counter? Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay. So then they're trying to figure out, okay, so when Burke woke up to put the train set together, you know, did he use a flashlight because it would have been dark, you know, downstairs? And he had said later he don't remember. So that was a weird thing about it, too. It's like, as far as the flashlight, it's like, okay, who put that there? Did the intruder bring it in? Because at first they said it wasn't theirs, and they said it was, but then who... 
did the intruder come in and take that flashlight out of the drawer? But then how would they have known, you know what I mean, that there was a flashlight in that drawer? That was That's weird. Did she get beat with a flashlight? Well, that's the other thing. So the autopsy showed is not is not exactly known, but what it says was that there was a perfectly re- rectangle defect in John Bonet's skull. The flashlight could have been the one that made the defect because it was an eighty-five inch blow to her head because she was hit in the head first and then strangled. So they think this flashlight might have been the murder weapon, but they don't know. That's the weird thing about it. Burke said the he did. more. You say this, the more it sounds like a professional. Because in order to have a good lie, there is some truth. Mm-hmm. And you might get us both killed after this shit. This might be some <laughs> cartel stuff. <laughs> because I always thought it would be cool to be a hitman and play the video game. And make you realize. It pays good. <laughs> I, how do you know? Oh, we gosh. all just know from movies. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody thinks it pays good, but who the fuck ever met a hitman? Well, who you, the if you fuck? met him, you're not alive. Well, who, I mean, we'll cover some cases like the dude that did it for 2500 But I know my magic number of how, what I wouldn't go below to be a hitman. What? So but what I'm if, not going to say so it on because I don't want to get in trouble. It, 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 you thinking of it, you wouldn't go below to be a hitman. Yeah. So there is a number that you, there's a beginning number that you get bought out is how I'm hearing this. <laughs> so what yeah. is the number that you will start killing people? I don't, I'm not saying that on this podcast because I would never kill anybody. I'm just saying that there is about, like I feel like personally, uh-huh. people that kill people for under a certain amount is, they're idiots. Uh-huh. And then, if there's a, if there's over a certain amount, they're, they're geniuses. <laughs> They're good business That's people, is what they're saying. <laughs> is that what we're going with? Oh, my God. I mean, one yeah. has to be opposing to the other. You know what? So That's that is good business after a certain amount, a dollar amount is what is understood. I got you. I got you. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to get into suspects and theories now because you're ridiculous. Yeah, so that's what I was going So with mine first. Yes, yours first. Is... Everything that it is pointing to seems like it is a truth that has to be a lie. Mm-hmm. There was someone else there. Mm-hmm. That's what it definitely seems like. Mm-hmm. For some reason, and that's what I kept thinking about that perplexed me, is why would the son be there? Why would his brother be there with his sister at the time that is going to be her death? He's not there because he's down for it. Mm-hmm. He's there because he came out of on accident. He did wake up, mm-hmm. and he said it was a train attack. That's why I'm saying you better get this killed. I'm too smart. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's a group because I'm not gonna go back on whatever group, and I'm not gonna get myself fucked up on some real shit. Mm-hmm. I'm smart enough to know that too. Mm-hmm. But he woke up when he wasn't supposed to, and came downstairs. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that was there that was hella calm, mm-hmm. hella cool, hella collected. And he already had gloves on. He already had stuff on that made you kind of paranoid. You ever seen the movie Snatch? Yes. Yeah. And that guy, he was like, you ever seen, do you, you know what Nemesis is? Yeah. You know, and, he, yeah. and then they opened the door and that whole room is covered in fucking plastic. Yeah. It was almost one of those seven yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. So where this person was a professional. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the one covered in plastic, but he was a professional. And mm-hmm. whoever the fuck was there, you knew that this was bad. Mm-hmm. That death was like the payment for something late. Mm. That was going to... Her death kept everybody else alive. Mm. 
That's Damn, one of the few even, things. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. There's so many theories. That's you're <coughs> you're probably like the first theory of that. That's a because yeah, that's a good one. I'm thinking to myself, the few things that would make a brother not tell what's happened to his sister. Yeah. Yes. When you have fingerprints on a bowl of pineapples, mm-hmm. when you have somebody who does admit that they did get up at a certain point in time mm-hmm. and try and justify the timeline in which it may have happened. Yeah. Because of the fact that you did get up. Mm-hmm. And then you did get told to go back to bed. Yeah. And don't get up for the rest. Because he, he didn't get up until they got him up. Yeah, and they said no matter what. Yeah. Don't get up. Don't, mm-hmm. come, back in, don't come back down here. Your parents was talking to somebody who was fucking real. They, they was talking to Wolverine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, he sounds cool when you're watching him as a as a superhero who's fighting for you. And this yeah. man seems like he's bulletproof and all the stuff. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's the good guy. Yeah. But imagine Wolverine coming in your house. Yeah. And right. this is a real killer in the middle of the night that could smell you yeah, wherever you go. That's crazy. And it was, has no remorse of killing you and all your family. See, that's crazy. That, see, that's the, that's a good theory. That's the first theory that, I, well, that's like that. I'm going to go with some of the other ones, but yours is good, actually. Yeah. yeah. They, they met somebody. So that's why it was not their flashlight. That's the truth of it. Uh-huh. It was a person that was in there. That's the truth. Uh-huh. It was an intruder. He didn't write that letter. But yeah. He told y'all I to write that. Yeah. That's wild. That is. I think you might have just solved it. They've been trying to solve this case for thirty years. You might have just solved this case. Don't. You might have just solved this, this Don't case. Don't with this. That would be wild though. After thirty years, but let me go over some of the other um, because this is what some of the other su- uh, suspects and theories are. The first one I don't believe at all. It sounds crazy. So it says Patricia Ramsey might have killed her because she was mad that John Panay wet the bed. So they're saying the mom killed her because she was upset about wetting the bed. But Patsy Ramsey was not that kind of mom at all. They never got whoopings. They never got like beatings. That. Yeah, they never did any of You know what I mean? They was like, she's like the most gentle mom. She wouldn't have snapped and just killed. And plus, you know, John Bonet was the beauty queen in the family. There's no way she would have snapped and just killed that child. And technically, like, she was the moneymaker of the family. That's just not even what's going to happen. No, because she wasn't because he's a fucking president. Yeah, that was you like. Guys, even if he didn't, even if she didn't fail and never did anything beauty and she became obese, it was going to be rich. Yeah. So she wasn't really worried about that. Right. So yeah, that one, no. Now, this one is the one that everybody's going with. I'm not saying this is the right one, but I'm saying this is what everybody is going with. And this is the most popular theory. They're saying Patsy covered up for Burke because he accidentally killed his sister. What they were saying was, and there was a lot of things that said Burke Ramsey was jealous of his sister. She was the one that always got all the attention in the family. Burke always had, everything was always about John Bonet. Burke sometimes had to go to the pageants. Um, Burke also was having some kind of, like mental problems during this time. So it was said that he had a thing where he would smear shit all over like John Bonet's stuff because he was so like he was so jealous of her. There was a box of Christmas candy that she had that he smeared his shit all over so she couldn't eat it. Um, so they it said that they think maybe John Bonet snatched a piece of his pineapple when he was, you know, when he was getting his snack. He got mad and he used the flashlight and killed his sister. You know, and you know, hit her in the head. She was, and she was unconscious. And then, because remember, in part one, they said that there was like some stun gun marks on her a little bit. They said it looks like it could be like the prongs of a train set. So they was like, maybe like he poked her to see if she was still moving. Remember, the detectives thought the voice on the end of the call was Burke's. You know, at the end, and so you know, everyone is still saying that basically. Um, what 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 about the 
dragging her to the room and tying her up. Well, that was the thing because they would say that, you know, maybe the parents, like, what did that to like cover up because remember some of the ropes seems like seemed like the ones on her wrist they said it seemed like it could have been staged so they said maybe the parents you know after he killed her they wanted to like kind of cover it up because they didn't want him to get in trouble even though he's a nine-year-old i don't think he would have gotten in that much trouble so they had to stage it to make it look like somebody else did it because they couldn't you know have their son subjected to that so that's just a theory you know there was some other things about birth. What? Yeah, it's wild. So you will kill and strangulate your child or well, make it look like she well, got strangled? Well, they're saying that Bert accidentally killed her and they made it look like she, you know, was strangled and everything. And somebody so else it is believed that the death blow could have been the flashlight. The flashlight. That was the death blow. That and is she the was death strangled blow. afterwards, yeah. That is confirmed as the death blow. Mm-hmm. So that's just... And then the other thing is because Burke's Burke's behavior after this whole thing was really weird. So, for example, Burke started going to therapy after his sister's death because, you know, just to talk to people and stuff like that. They said 13 days after the murder, he was asked to draw a family photo. So when he was asked to draw the family photo by the psychologist, he drew himself, he drew his mom, he drew his dad. He didn't draw John Bonet. Well, that raised red flags because, yeah, she's been dead, but she's only been dead for two weeks. The average child would have at least drew her with wings up in heaven or, you know, something like that. But it was like as if she didn't exist at all to him. And they was like, you know, he was like, you know what he told her, he said, I'm really trying to move on with my life. This is a nine year old saying this. So, I mean, we can't judge because maybe he was just so upset that he kind of want to block the whole thing out. But they was like, that's kind of a red flag right there. Cause it's like, why would you not draw her? She's only been dead for like 13 days, you know? So that was one thing. And then there was another thing where the Ramseys always did family photos and if anybody wants to look it up, there's a picture that's on the website or the online where John Bonet and him, they're like posed together, but he's like really stiff. Like she's loving and hugging him and he's just really stiff. Like, you know, like get her off of me. And I was like, well, you know what? That's like a big brother thing. I think that's like, a, that could be like a big brother thing to where it's like my little sister is annoying me. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. What do you think I about ha- that? I have to see the picture. Yeah. But I will say... <laughs> my children are super affectionate, yeah. but I have seen your son. Yeah. And he's so cool. I, yeah. Your son is like going to be the new Will Smith. I'm just putting that on the radio Aww. right now. <laughs> Thank you. Because I was like, dude, dang, he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, he was like, wow, that he's beyond his years with that and the funness of that. But he does that to your daughter, who I also think is equally very cool. Like when Thank I saw you. her, I think she's fun and active and playful in a different way in, in, in her age of youthfulness. Yeah. And I see kind of him shunning her. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's why I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't say that that's suspicious because that's the same thing that my kids do. Yeah. So yeah, like, he's yeah. not trying to be hugged on by nobody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Even when yeah. I hug him, he's like stiff, and I'm like, that's, like, yeah, like he'll be chill like, out, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like a modern day Fonzie. Yeah. Like, that man is too cool. So I was like, be hugging on him. Right, so I was like, yeah, we definitely can't say that. We definitely can't. I, I, don't, I didn't feel like that one was a red flag. Now, the first one, what do you think about the, him not drawing her? Was that a red flag to you? I don't know, because right now I'm, I'm deep in my theory. Yeah. Um, but even in the same, if you knew somebody took her. Oh, man, that's a tough one. 
don't you would know. still draw the angel. Most kids would draw the angel and be like, Most "Oh, this is my sister angel. in heaven," right? But I will say is he did know she was dead, like yeah, consciously, subconsciously, he knew mm. she was dead. And so, and uh, yeah, so they they were not close at all. Now it was reported that when they were younger, Burke had hit John Bidet with a golf club before when they were like littler. Goddamn! Yeah, he had hit okay. her with a, he had hit her with a golf club before that. I don't. Yeah. So it was even it, it made like a little it said it made a little mark on her face, which you couldn't really see it. But the Patsy was actually going to be taking her into for cosmetic surgery just to kind of get the little mark off. So I don't. I, I was like, but that's not normal. It seemed like he was like abusing his sister. I don't I, know. Yeah. Now that part. Wow. And and then when the when his psychologist asked how he thought his sister died, he said he thought a hammer. Um and basically he was very unemotional, he was detached, and he always said his mother and father loved his sister a lot. He never said we love John Bonet. He always said in all his interviews, even when he was a grown man, he kept saying, My mom and dad loved John Bonet so much. So he says that a lot. And also, when they had the funeral, he was photographed smiling while walking out of the funeral. But that could have been anxiety because it was pointed out that he did other interviews where he was a grown man and he has that same smile. So some people just smile. Like, you know, I sm- I, I laugh at crazy ass shit. So I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to, as a concept, picture myself allowing my child's death. Right. And then aided my child. I mean, I, I've seen I some movies too. and yeah. some, some TV shows. I mean, because, yeah, because I've been thinking about that. Some, like, if my son actually killed my daughter. I'll start the shows on here, too, you guys. Yeah. Some, it's called Outer Outer Banks. Oh, I've and, heard of that show before. it's a really good show, actually. It's one of those little undercover good ones. I like trying to find little pieces of gold. Yeah. And they do this conspiracy family thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in the same breath, the dad who's the leader of the family is crazy enough. Like, if you hurt someone in the family, he'll probably choke you the fuck out. Yeah. Right? So that's... It's, well, the heck out. I'm sorry. We're cousin. <laughs> but, so, it's weird in a yeah. sense of, I, well, I will say it's hard for me. I'm, I'm yeah. done with the word weird. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around a parent yeah. You will see a child die right. that you've put a lot of work into and that you do love and care for. And I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot of love for the little man. Yeah. I, I have not heard a lot of investment for him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so it does kind of sound in a way of negative. Yeah. Um, But you did this love, even if it was that favoritism, let's just stay in that. Yeah. In that it was this person that you put a lot of love and a lot of investment into and a lot of care and a lot of time and the other child kills them and you just say, oh, well, we switched over. We like you now. Right. Yeah, that's hard for me to imagine too. It's hard for me to imagine like we're just going to protect you for taking care of killing all our dreams and hopes. Yeah. Like, especially because we're both parents and I can't see. I mean, honestly, if my son killed my daughter, like that wouldn't be something that I could look over. I mean, obviously they're teenagers now, but even as a little kid, it would be something to where I couldn't cover that up. Right. I mean, even the Lannisters. Yeah. I'm watching Game of Thrones and this guy sat here and did all type of crooked shit, but he he was going to hang his own freaking son for thinking that he killed one of his kids. Yeah. And like, well, now he wasn't going to hang him, but he was allowed to person to go to the trial and the whole shit. Because he's yeah. like, I'm not going to not yeah. have some justice for my child if you're the killer. Right. 
You know, so it's just kind of weird. Like, I, it's hard for me to, well, like I said, I'm done with the word. Then it's just kind of difficult for me. I was it, that's it's what I was it's like, hard yeah. for me to understand that and yeah. put the parents in there and saying they was okay with this. Yeah, that's why I was like, and yeah, it's, it's, it is hard to imagine. That's why this theory, I was like, it's, it, it makes sense, but, but then it doesn't make sense in that aspect because they weren't like horrible parents. They were loving parents. Right. So it's like, to get the parents involved. Like yeah. everything else, I'm like, oh, yep, that's the, he's the guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. He did that shit. Yeah. Right. But, but the parents too, uh, I can't see that. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that. Um, now there is another person, another suspect was this teacher mm-hmm. named Alexis Carr. And she was a the, she was the former teacher. She was arrested in Thailand for saying that she was with John Bidet when she died. She said, um, and they found child pornography on her computers, and, but she was cleared through DNA. So when these high profile cases, a lot of people will come mm-hmm. forward and try to say they did it just for attention, which is crazy. It's it's hard for me oh, to wrap yeah, my head happened. around that. It oh, it happened in Tiger the Woods. It happened in Tiger Woods. <coughs> Like, all these women came together and started saying, like, I was raped by Tiger Woods, too. Like, yeah. come on now. Tiger yeah. Woods was getting it, but he wasn't getting all that. Right. But like, stop it. Right. Stop it. Well, this one turned out to be a false confession. So, she that this person didn't do it. There was Gary Olivia, who was a registered sex offender who lived very close to the Ramses. He was a convicted pedophile. And honestly, his friend received a phone call from him on December 26th where he was crying and he said he hurt a little girl. The friend called the police when the news of John Bonet's murder went public, and then the police never got back to him. So in 2016, Jerry Olivia got arrested for another crime that he had committed, and he was carrying a stun gun, and he had John Bonet Ramsey's cutouts. So he was very obsessed with John Bonet. He was like, "She's the most beautiful girl." Girl. He had a poem that he wrote to her, but DNA ruled him out as well. So he just turned out to be a sick pedophile that was obsessed with that little girl because he would see her pictures and stuff like that, and she was a beauty queen. But he didn't do it. Yeah, I could have fast forward that whole part. Yeah. Now there was another guy named Michael Helgoff. He was an electrician who worked near the home and had done work at the Ramseys. He had told a friend that when they, cause they went into the house together to do the work. And he said, he always wondered what it would be like to crack a human skull. That's what he told his friend. And he also told him that his friend, that him and his friend was about to pull a heist and they was each going to score $50,000, which goes back to the ransom note, which they asked for 118,000. So that's kind of close. Um, the friend, no, 50,000, mm-hmm. 118 ain't close. Yeah, that's, so, I mean, cause he was like, he, the they're going to score, score 50. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, so 50,000. So between him and his friend, that's a hundred thousand. Right. So now there was also a property dispute that he had gotten into with the Ramses. And, but the crazy thing about him was he actually committed suicide two days after a press conference where he was told that they would be closing in on the killer. So, you know how they have those press conferences and like, you know, the detectives look at the camera and be like, you know, we're going to, we're closing in. We're really close to catching the person that did this. Well, two days after that press conference, this guy committed suicide. So that was a little bit weird, but and he also had similar boots because remember there was a boot print that was found at the scene. But however, DNA excluded him too, so it wasn't him. No. Um, also, the housekeeper Linda he just Hoffman, wanted to tie himself in. Yeah. There was also the housekeeper Linda Hoffman Pugh. Her husband was the handyman for the Ramses. They now they 
they were suspects because they both had keys because there was no way that somebody broke in. This person had keys to get in. So she said that she thought that Patsy had killed John Pernay. And, and, but because at the end they kind of didn't get along. But she was also a suspect because she made the comment to Patsy. She was like, John Pernay is so pretty. Aren't you worried about somebody kidnapping her? But that, that was just something that was said and it was ruled out by DNA. Both her and her husband were cleared. But they was just suspects because of that comment and because they had the keys to the house because they were the housekeepers. Um, there was also Bill McReynolds. Now, he was the family friend who dressed up as Santa Claus. He went to all the family Christmas parties and everyone said that he paid way too much attention to John Bonet. Remember when I said in the beginning, I think in episode one where John Bonet would give like, you know, gifts to Santa Claus to like, you know, say thank you and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, she actually gifted him with a vial of glitter and he loved it so much that he took it into his heart surgery with him. And he told his wife that when he died, he wanted it to be mixed in with his ashes. So that's how obsessed he was with her. John Bonet said that he was going to pay a special visit to her after Christmas. She was like, Santa's coming to visit me after Christmas and stuff. Now, this guy died in 2002 of a heart attack. And so I don't know. I mean, he just seemed like he was really obsessed with her, which is weird. But I don't think he did it. Right. I believe he just believed she was gonna be a star. Yeah, at the time he was just. It's like it's like meeting Beyonce when she was a baby. Yeah, if you if you met Beyonce when she was seven and you kind of had that feeling like you gonna be somebody. Yeah, you kind of wanted. He he took it in a weird way. What? Well, but you gotta yeah. want them to kind of remember you. Too, yeah, part of you too. So, yeah, I don't think he did. I don't think he did it. And I mean, all these suspect looks, I was like, the only thing that is weird to me is that remember all the cover-ups that the DA's office was doing? You I was keep like, saying, well, I, I was like, the, the cover-ups that the DA office was doing, I was like, okay, so all these other suspects that was on the list, none of them was like, you know, seemed none of them was powerful or anything like that. So then I go back to the cover-ups the DA was doing. So it's just, the whole thing is crazy. I want to answer this uh-huh. on a broad scale of some things because I feel like a good amount of people mm-hmm. do government conspiracy stuff. I feel like it's happened on, a, on some different uh, events. Mm-hmm. I don't want to name specifics because it can go into some different things, but it's a what is racial, mm-hmm. but it has happened with even racial things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with different states, things that has happened. It has happened when people were talking about aliens. Um, with different state things mm-hmm. and, and understanding state laws. It has happened with immigration mm. as well as how people interact with it. The reason why I'm saying that is a lot of stuff isn't like a big government plot in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's pointing back to the DA blatantly. Mm-hmm. Now, what I will say is the government, once they figure out they messed up and allowed something to happen, yeah, it's kind of like a statute of limitations. It seems like there is where they don't go back and they don't, you know, yeah. reprimand the person, mm-hmm. and they stand behind it, even though it seems like they kind of figured out that was wrong too. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, from what I'm seeing, even with government, what they call quote unquote government conspiracies, mm-hmm. is usually pointed back to some official. That it's what to one person. It's not even a big. It's not even a big hoopla. It's not even a big undercover. Whatever. Yeah. It's a person who really just has enough pool, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of like a network of systems. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you know, if you look at the uh, the way that you work a retail system, like the manager, the supervisor talks to the the, the system manager talks to the manager, the manager talks to the district manager, the, the district manager talks to yeah. you know whoever the fuck ever, and then somebody in the corporate. 
you know, and, and it's, that's how the, the it trickles. Yeah. But if you are a person who's a manager who gets in, because I've learned this going to do it in the, because I did like semi part in the corporate. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get into that corporate high level, mm-hmm. but I got to the district level part and I started seeing this stuff. And I don't like, that's why I was like, I don't want to name it, but I'm just naming it who they speak to. Yeah. But when you are at the manager, district manager level, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you are a manager that got in good with the district manager, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that you can do that the district manager is about to look over. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they, he, they're kind of the, not saying in the sex, they are kind of the veto mm-hmm. of everybody underneath that. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It becomes a lordship to where they're the filter yeah. also that comes to the person that's above them. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which is regional. Yeah. But, so the regional gets very filtered information mm-hmm. from the district manager. Yeah. And that's just how it's always been. Mm-hmm. And the district manager makes sure that the information they get is filtered yeah. to make sure that they're doing, it looks like they're doing their job correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So another theory is that John Ramsey said that maybe somebody was already in the house. You know what I mean? Somebody, when they went to the Christmas party, they were already in the house and they were already waiting there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that would have, for them, that would have kind of explained how, because there was no forced entry. So somebody was waiting there and they waited for everybody to go to bed and took John Bonet then. That was another theory. I mean, they'd have to have the keys to the place or something like that. Yeah, to come to in be there. coming in there. It'd have to be somebody that you constantly already invited into yeah, the place. Yeah, because there was still no forced entry. Right. I mean, even then, I mean, did you just decide that it was okay? The psycho is going to kill one of us, my, my kid, and we're just going to say that's fine. Right. That, that's very, that's very. Mm. Yeah, that one was a little bit like, I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. But the sad thing is in 2006, Patsy Ramsey died from ovarian cancer. Uh-huh. That's so sad. And then she was buried next to John Bonet and John's other daughter, Elizabeth. And there was DNA found in John Bonet's underwear, which was an un- unidentified male. So, I mean, I don't know, like this whole thing, like this is a case which is crazy because everybody has their own separate theories, but I feel so bad because a six-year-old girl lost her life and it's never been solved, ever. Like, we may never know what happened for John Brene. This this has been going on for 30 years now. I I don't think it's ever going to be put out as what really happened out there. Like, you know, this is something that... Well, of course you get your kicks on it because you you like to see the people get murdered and get away with it. Whoever killed this person is your hero (laughs) because you love to hit the getaway. You hate you like the stupidest part of the crime. You can't even say the stupidest part part because because whoever got away perfectly. Yeah, so this is that's why you love it. Yeah, we don't do stupidest part of the crime uh, yeah. unsolved. So I, I, you know, so I'm seeing that that is something that you get into. That's something that you like yeah. is to see the good, good criminals get away. So this is one of your criminal actual superheroes. <laughs> but, but I really love your theory. Like I do love your theory, and I'm like, <laughs> I want to dig deeper into this case now because I feel like you solved this case. Now I'm gonna go back over with a fine tooth comb, and I think I'm gonna try to solve the case based on what you said. No, my theory get you killed. Like my theory will have you found in an alleyway somewhere. Like oh, somebody got a little too close to this, you committed suicide for some odd reason. So I shouldn't drop my daughter off at the dance and go try to solve this murder. I mean, you should stop telling anybody on this radio about what you're about to do tonight. Okay, yeah, let me. Yeah, because of the fact that you're just gonna be tracked oh, for right. a little while. Be like, dang, she's kind of start figuring this out. Yeah, I'm just a normal start talking girl, to this everybody. weird guy on here. Right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't figure anything out, right? See, booty, you're about to get us killed. 
Yeah, I, that's why I was like, some of this, I'm a little too smart on what I'm sitting there picking up. Oh, hell no. Because it, it just points to a lot of truth and then a lot of money. Yeah. And almost power beyond even what this guy had, even though he was the president of some stuff and had some good money. Yeah. But it's just like some stuff got easily swept under the rug of someone who knew the line, yeah. the gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone who knew who to go to. And pay them off. Yeah. And make sure that this doesn't go any further. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this case, man, and if we hear anything else, we will do updates. Even though we're done with this case, we're not done with this case. Because as I hear updates, I'm going to keep updating you guys. Well, I'm done with this case, whoever is out there. (laughs) I'm I'm completely done. (laughs) I'm not looking at nothing, reading nothing. (laughs) I don't do that. <laughs> well, do you know the case we're covering next week? I don't. I don't know any case. We're doing... I don't know anything about anyone. <laughs> Record that. We're doing the case of Michelle Blair next week. Okay. And that's the lady that killed her kids and put them in the deep freezer. So we're going to take a deep dive into Michelle Blair. Is that your pun on trying to be into the waters because they were frozen? A deep dive? <laughs> That's a good one. Michelle Blair. Yeah, well, yeah. It's it's a crazy case. Are you ready to like go on this journey with me? I'm never ready. This Michelle Blair case. You are so excited. You twirl your hair and all that. <laughs> we we have two different emotions <laughs> when it comes to these murder cases. I just want you to know that. Well, in the meantime, follow us please on Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Send us a Gmail, Hot Garbage News at Gmail Join the discussion group on Facebook, which Buddha's still not on there, but we'll get him on there. And that's right. <laughs> I have not kept my promise. I will say this to everyone. It has been the rough time for me going on in the cycle of life, but I'm going to be yes. promising a time period. Me and uh, and Nisha will agree upon a time of yes. which I'm going to come up with where I have to commit. Yes. Hot Garbage True Crime Edition is where you will find it. We could just discuss these cases. I think I'm going to just do it once a month, though. I'm not yeah. going to be there all the time. Yeah. Like, so I guess everyone, like, you show everybody love. That's all they care about. Yes. Yes. And I love you guys. I really do. Yeah. So we will be back next week with Michelle Blair. Take care and watch your back out there.